0: If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to The Bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. Welcome, everybody, to the latest edition of The Bullpen with Adam the Bull oh boy, am I excited for today's guest in the bullpen. We've had some incredible guests, but none can top this one. Browns quarterback Joe Flacco joins me here in the bullpen. So excited to talk with Joe. I know you're so excited to hear and see Joe. I'm getting into everything. Things that, yeah, plenty of people have asked him about, but things that nobody's asking him about. I got it all covered with Joe Flacco coming up. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam the Bull, brought to you by Bet Rivers. Joe Flacco, next. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, welcome to the latest edition of the bullpen with Adam the Bull. On today's show, we have a special guest. Probably the most special guest we've ever had in the 10 months now that I've been doing this podcast. He took Cleveland by storm. And if you would have told me that any time in the last 15 years or whatever, I would have said, You're out of your mind. But here he is, the quarterback of the Browns, Joe Flacco. Joe, I mean, think about it. If I would have said to you (laughs) any time in your entire playing career before this year, you're gonna take over Cleveland and be the most popular guy in the city of Cleveland. You would have said that I was crazy, or anybody that said <laughs> to you was crazy, right?
1: Of course, of course. It's uh, it's it's crazy the way things happen, you know. Um, man, though, it was it was a lot of fun. I wish we were still out there, but it it was a, a fun couple months for me, that's for sure.
0: You know, I I don't know. Probably other people have thrown these stats at you before. Uh, but you are tied for second all time in wins at Cleveland Brown Stadium. Did you know that?
1: <laughs> you know i I've, I've heard people throw stuff like that out there before. Yeah, and I wasn't sure in what context they meant. Like, okay, like as a road, you know, as no. as a visitor, or and it's just in yeah. general, huh? Uh, yeah. Well, the stadium <laughs> opened, how, how opened when the, the
0: t- stadium. You so know. the stadium opened in 99 when yeah. the Browns came back, right? Right, right. And Actually, do you know, do you know who you tied with for second on the all-time list?
1: Uh, man. I, I'll I, tell you this. I, you I played
0: against him a lot, and he didn't play for the Browns. Really? Yeah.
1: He did not play – oh, <laughs> Ben.
0: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. In fact, you guys – technically, your record's better because you both have 12 wins in Cleveland – Wow but he played one more game he had a tie here I think gotcha. it was opening day if I remember a few years back so Baker's got the most at 19 but but it it's I mean it's just crazy because outside of Ben fans in Cleveland rooted against you like he was the only guy they disliked more <laughs> uh, because at least you were a nice guy he just rubbed everybody the wrong way I'm kidding I, I, I don't know that but yeah the fans were more irritated by Ben but you actually have I mean your record against the Browns is absurd i think you're like 18 and 2 all time and you even with the jets last year
1: yeah you destroyed them and it's
0: i mean the whole thing's amazing It's what a story
1: you know it it, it is it's, it's kind of it's it is very interesting to me just how um how the city embraced me or at least how i felt like they did um I, you know, obviously, we're all the years that I was playing there. We were a division rival and and things like that. But yeah, it, it is funny how it works out that for whatever reason um, they didn't necessarily hold that against me for all those years. Right. And I mean, look, I, I think they see it for what it is. I mean, it, it's a, it's kind of like a new chapter, and uh, you got a guy that's coming in and wants to help the team win. And if that's the case, then why then why wouldn't we? Uh, you know, we're rooting for the Browns ultimately. And if right. he's part of the Browns, then we're going to do it. So. You know, a, a ton of respect for the people there that they were able to kind of put that aside and uh, and 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 root for you know the team, but also myself the yeah. way they were able to.
0: You know, it's it's funny joke because Cleveland, like I'm not born and raised in Cleveland. I'm from the same neck of the woods. I mean, you're, I know you grew up in South Jersey. Yeah, I grew up in Brooklyn, in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, but you know, I moved to Cleveland in 2011 and and did a radio show, and now I do a podcast and TV show, but. Cleveland, the people of Cleveland are very this is not a transient city you know right. New York City there's people from all over the place same with right. Philly you know a lot of different cities but Cleveland most of the people here are from here and they don't usually embrace outsiders that quickly it takes time you know to, to make inroads and so yes you're winning for the team I get it but they didn't jo- I mean they've like adopted you <laughs> they, they I, I have I'm telling you Joe I, I've been covering this team for 14 years I have never. Baker was close, but it took him a little longer, and he was drafted. But I have never seen a fan base embrace a player of any sport in this town in 14 years as quickly as they embraced you. You So I I know I'm going on and on about it. But it had to be. I mean, you say like
1: these towns on the East Coast are transient, but at the same time, there is like where I'm from, man, it's people that are from here. I mean, that's why the East Coast fan bases tend to have super you know, popular, super rabid fans, like, you know, the Eagles are, are, have a crazy fan base because it's yeah. generations of people that have kind of rooted for them. And I think Cleveland's similar in that area, in, in that way, just like you said, it's, um, you know, very blue collar generations of families that have been there. And yeah. there's a deep rooted history of rooting for those teams. And, you know, maybe it's part of that, that just the town that I came from is probably pretty similar to a lot of the towns in in Cleveland. And maybe there's just that there's just that you you can kind of just feel that it's something like that. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, not, obviously I don't know if people there want to hear that there's similarities to Cleveland from like a little East coast town, but (laughs) there's probably a little bit more hate, uh, here in Jersey. Um, I probably have a little bit of that in myself. Uh, people in Cleveland are probably a little bit more kind. But there is a lot of similarities um you you know and just the types of people tough blue collar people that you know love to go out and enjoy their sundays and it it definitely makes a great environment those types of people those types of you know communities make for unbelievable environments to play football in i think you know i think east coast and those those few Midwest teams, they just tend to have awesome environments on Sundays and it's a lot of fun to play in them.
0: hundred percent true. You know, uh, about two months ago we had Casey Keeler for the, obviously you know who he is, but for the fans who don't know, he was your coach in college and he came on our TV show, the ultimate Cleveland sports show. And we asked him, uh, in fact, he said to us, that when he said that there was one time he was talking to you, I think you'd just been drafted or it was around that time. And, and he said to you that, Hey, Joe, someday I'm going to be talking to a youth group or I'm going to be talking about, and, and they're going to say to me, tell me about Joe Flacco. And he said that you said this quote, you, he said, I am not afraid to fail. Right. And, and that really struck me when he said that, because so many quarterbacks are, are timid. It doesn't, I shouldn't say timid. That's too strong. So many quarterbacks, if they throw a pick, I'm not making that throw again. There are a lot of quarterbacks like that. And we also had Bernie Kozar as a regular on our TV show, and he said, and he was going nuts. And he's like, hey, Joe, he throws a pick, it doesn't matter. It's off to the next play. Because he played like that too. And and I I think people ob- obsess about, oh, it's an interception. Yeah, it's a negative play. Nobody wants an interception. You don't want to throw an interception. But you can't have the greatness, the great success, the touchdowns, if you're not afraid to fail. And I thought that really stood out yeah your listen, ability to succeed.
1: Yeah, listen, I wish those picks didn't bother me. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, I put on a brave face and, and hope that it yeah. translates in some way. Hopefully I trick my body into thinking uh, that, that they didn't matter. But they yeah. do. Um, but, you know, it's funny because I – I remember saying that a lot when I was younger, because I was a guy that won, I ended up playing when I was, you know, I ended up starting the first game of my rookie season and, and played since then. So, you know, I think when you're put in that situation, you can't have that fear of failure. You have to be able to have the mindset to fight through some things that are not going to go your way. Uh, this league will eat you alive if you can't learn to deal with those things and that doesn't mean that you accept it it just means that you're not afraid to 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 go out there and make the the decisions that you have to make to win football games and on the off chance it doesn't go your way you have to be you have to be mentally tough enough to deal with that and you have to and that that's that's supporting cast that's everybody there's a lot of people that are involved in that but in order to succeed in this league you're going to at some point have to deal with some kind of hurdle Now, that doesn't mean you're going to have a losing season. You might win a a bunch of games and always do that. You might be one of the few guys that gets to do that all the time. But that doesn't mean you're not going to deal with your own hurdles mentally, physically, whatever it may be. So I just think that you have to have that mindset in order to be able to deal with tough times. And and I think if you trick yourself into thinking that you can do something, then, you know, eventually you just do it. You know, you, you can if you don't believe you can do it, believe me, nobody else is going to. So you at least got to have those conversations with yourself, um, you know, to give yourself a fighting chance.
0: It's a great point because I'm not going to be a phony about it. Like when you came to the Browns, I'm like, Joe hasn't played all year. Yeah. He's almost 39 years old. Like I didn't, I didn't think you'd be terrible, but I, right. but I didn't think you were going to be great. I didn't think I, there's no way I thought you could play that well, but but you believed in yourself. And if you're not, you're right. And, and you did it and you yeah. played great.
1: Listen, you know it, it it's it's awesome the way it worked out because you can come in and play really you know you can play great football and it doesn't mean you're going to win the football games all the time and have and go on a little bit of a run like we did it, it that just playing good football doesn't guarantee that it guarantees that you play good football and 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 the more you do that consistently then the more chances you're going to give yourself and your team to win the game but it doesn't guarantee those things like nothing's guaranteed and it, it's kind of, it definitely is something special about you know, the way it did work out. But, you know, for me, it was really trying to keep my self focused on just doing the right thing, play to play, game to game, right. not worrying about the outcome, you know, as much as we all want to go win football games, when you're stressing about the outcome before the game even starts, you're just paralyzing yourself in some manner. And I think we all do that. It, it's hard to not do that to some extent. But you, you have to have little things that kind of distract you from thinking about that. Um, and obviously, once you take the field and you start running the plays and doing all those things, it kind of happens naturally once you've done it enough. But um, there, is a, there is a fine line there, you know, between, you know, obviously wanting to win football games. But when the competition starts, you have to be able to put that out of your head and just take it play by play, especially in a sport like football. Um, there's so much that's reliant on all 53 guys, all those, all 45 guys or whatever it is that dress up on Sunday, they have an impact on the game and you have to trust each and every one of those guys that they're going to do their job. It's not up to any single person. It really is that team sport that relies on everybody. Your defense has to play well, your offense has to play well. And that doesn't just mean that they're not really just a unit. They are a unit, but each and every single one of those 11 guys on each side of the ball has to do their job in order for the other person to be successful. So, you know, I I think there's ways that you can look at that and take the pressure off of yourself and realize, Hey, we're in this together. So let's, let's remind ourselves of that and go out there and have fun um, and do our job. If we all do that, then we can, then, then the outcome will take care of itself.
0: I think that attitude certainly rubbed off on the rest of the team. I think the team had a good attitude even before you got here, but Mm -hmm. I think it got even better when you joined the team, you know, Another thing Coach Keeler said, speaking to your leadership, he said that when you got drafted, he talked to John Harbaugh, or you said Harbaugh was going to call him and ask why you weren't a captain. And he talked about, hey, we had a senior, we had a, uh, an offensive lineman and a running back, and, and these guys have just were there a little longer. He said, but don't mistake it. Joe was was the team. This is Joe's team. That Not was the team. He said, this is Joe's right. team. And you should and and – when I thought about that and then a couple of weeks later, one of my buddies, Jason Lloyd, who's in the locker room covers a team. He go. he was talking to, I can't remember if he was talking to Wyatt Teller or, or Joel Batonio, but apparently there was a moment on the field where Wyatt was complaining to the refs or something. And like, and, and all, and, and you, and you basically said, Hey, Wyatt, get the hell over here. Yeah. And he said, yes, sir. And he just kind of ran back in and showed you leader. Is that true? Did it happen that You know,
1: those stories are true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny the way people want to look at leadership and then, and then what it actually is and what it actually is to the guys in the locker room. Um, and, yeah, I mean, listen, I was a transfer into Delaware, and they did. They had so many guys there. Um, you know, so it's a unique situation. Um, uh, but – you know, like I said, going back, it's funny what people think of as leadership and listen, everybody's going to do it their own way. But, you know, I think when you, when you talk about it in public and everything like that, you always want to, like, you always want to gravitate towards guys that you hear speaking all the time and, and doing all those different things. And, 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 you know, they're leading the speaking in the huddle on the field and they're giving pregame speeches this. And and I think that's what people want to gravitate towards, but that's not, you know, and, and then when you watch a movie, obviously the great leader always has some great speech, you know, mm. but it's not necessarily about that. It's, 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 it's becoming, it's, it's being able to make the team, you know, kind of become one and, and everybody kind of feels that and you're, you're just a part of it. You know, like I'm not in there trying to be like the guy, I'm just trying to be myself. And I want to gain respect from my teammates, and that there's a lot of things that go into that. Um, so, like even the story with Wyatt, like yeah, like yeah. that's just common sense. I'm going to do that. He's over there. <laughs> he was on the numbers. I think I, I think he was on the opposite numbers of where we were huddling, and he was yelling. He's you know yelling at the ref and yelling at the other teammates, and that he's a fiery guy. I mean, I noticed oh, that yeah. right when I from the first I, I was on the sideline in Denver, and I saw him kind of going at going at it. Um, with everybody that he could possibly go at it with. Um, but there was like 14 seconds left on the play clock. I'm like, dude, you got to get over here. I got to call this play and then we got to go run it. Like, what the hell are you doing? Um, but dude, I mean, y- he was awesome. And th- you know what the best part about that is? Is it nobody takes offense to that in any way, because right. you weren't. I was in a short time able to develop relationships with these people, with these guys um that became pretty special pretty quickly so that when that stuff happens it's just it's a great story afterwards that we can all kind of sit around and laugh in the weight room with you know with the next day um but yeah leadership is um you know it's it's one of those things it's it's it can be done in a lot of different ways and i don't necessarily think that everybody on the outside gets to see exactly how it is done unless you happen to be one of those people that you know wants to give all those speeches and do those things um and and that's definitely not me you know I'll I'll have conversations with guys and we talk a lot but I'm not going to be one to you know unless I feel it's unless it just comes you know uh, spontaneously that I'm not going to be one of those guys that gets in front of you know the lot the locker room and gives 800 speeches a day and listen when I first came into the league we had guys that were really good at doing that and yeah. And that was part of their personality, and that's why they were good at it. Um, so I, so I, I didn't even need to become somebody that I wasn't because we already had those kind of people.
0: Joe, you seem to thrive uh, in this system that Kevin Stefanski has, and we, I, I you know, Kevin, oh, you know how it is in any city. Coaches get criticism all the time. I happen to be someone that has been a big defender of Kevin Stefanski. I'm a big fan of his. And I, I uh, would like to see him get an extension this offseason. I'm a little surprised it hasn't happened already. Uh, can you talk about you, how you developed w- what seemed to be, from the outside, great chemistry with Kevin Stefanski so quickly?
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's easy to say when, like, we I, we obviously came in there and were able to put up some points and do some good things. So it's just one of those things that, you know, people ask about. Um, but it's, you know, it's probably tough to put your finger on it exactly. I mean, I think you got to give a lot of credit to Kevin. I mean – you know, I'm just coming in here and like, like, like we talked about earlier, I'm just trying to do my thing, run the play. Like, Hey, yeah, that's what you want me to do. Okay. I'm going to try to do that. So I think you got to give a lot of credit to him for being able to, you know, get a comfort level for me pretty quickly and, and kind of feel what he, you know, get a feel for what he thinks I'm good at and go out there and call it that way. And then, you know, I I think, I think we were pretty aggressive. We, We didn't, probably didn't run the ball great down the stretch. And I think you got to give credit to him for kind of being aggressive and, and, and just doing what we were doing well. Um, but listen, I mean, Kevin has a, uh, I spent one year with Gary Kubiak and, and had a great time with him. And I think Gary was probably a little bit of a piece of why I ended up coming to Cleveland because he was probably able, he was able to talk to them about, you know, who I was or, and things like that. So, you know, definitely, um, have to i'm sure he was like what like i said somewhat responsible for the fact that i ended up coming there but you know i i I think the fact that i could trust gary that kevin was a really good person and a good football coach it it definitely allowed me to come in there with a very positive uh attitude towards how this thing was going to go and i think he probably had the same feeling you know we probably both went into it with a good mindset um thinking positive thoughts and then it just grew from there um I think he you know I once again though I think he's the guy that's calling it and he's the guy that's putting it together so a lot of credit goes to him
0: Joe I I need to talk about the art form because you are a master at the play action pass right this is a thing now I, I've always been curious about this I, I'm some slappy who never played football so I don't know the answer only guys like you know the answer how important is the quality of your running game and how important is the quality of your running back, if at all, in terms of the play action fake?
1: I I do think there's importance to it. I I do think there's a lot of importance to it. Um, But at the same time, it's not, you know, look look at us. It's not, I think the better your running game is and the more yards you're getting from it then the, the, you're going to get better defenses to run those plays against. Like a lot of the times when you're running play action passes, you know, you're you, you, they, the routes that kind of go behind those are better versus defenses that are loading the box for the run. You know what I mean? So, sure. so I think a lot of the times, no matter if you're running the ball well or not, you can fake to the running back and you're going to get some kind of action. You're going to get some kind of pull from the linebackers. But – When when they're just sitting back in soft zones anyway, it sometimes it doesn't matter as much. But when you can get the run game going, um, now you get that same kind of action out of the linebackers and everybody like that, and you also have the right kind of structure behind it within their coverage to really kind of take advantage of it. So I think that's I think that's where the run game kind of comes in. Is it because it forces teams to really, you know, to really. Have to pay attention to it. They have to start doing different things if they want to stop the run, and that's and that's when the play action really comes alive because the routes behind that are more designed usually to take advantage of those types of defenses. If you're just doing play action, yeah, it's it's going to probably, like I said, get that action out of the linebackers and all those things. But if they're playing, you know, a softer defense because they don't really have to load the box against the run, then maybe some of the routes that you're calling with those play action passes aren't quite as good at picking apart those defenses so you have to start checking the ball down more and you don't get some of the big chunk plays um, which is okay but I think it really comes alive when you obviously start to get those 20 plus yard plays on the play action which which really comes against defenses that have to load the box against the run so I think that's where the importance is I think if you were to turn on a tape and you were to and and you were to just watch the play action passes I don't know if it really matters too much whether teams run the ball well or not you're going to see Defenders react to the, to to the action. Now it just becomes, okay, what are they actually playing behind that? And if you can, like I said, if if you can really force them to play those defenses where they have one safety and all of a sudden he's cutting things from, from the, from the post, now you can take advantage of it and really throw the ball down the field.
0: Joe, everybody in Cleveland wants you back. I mean, I I haven't (laughs) met a single person that does not want Joe Flacco on the Browns. I remember I I did a radio show for 12 years with a guy who played in the NFL for a short period of time. I don't know if you know him, Dustin Fox. He he, he got drafted by the Vikings in 2006, I want to say. Won a national championship at Ohio State. Anyway, he was in Buffalo briefly uh, for a year, and he said to me that when he was in Buffalo, there was a backup quarterback on the team. I can't even remember his name. I don't even think he played much in the NFL. But the guys knew, or at least the guys thought, in that locker room that that guy was the best quarterback bills didn't have a good starting quarterback i don't remember who it was and in in a way there was some frustration that that guy didn't get a chance deshaun watson's been brought in here obviously he's been paid a lot of money we know what he did in houston he was phenomenal he's had his moments here uh it, it, is there a concern that if if you were back here and and deshaun struggled that maybe there'd be guys who say, oh, "Joe played so great for us last year. Why don't, why don't we put Joe in there?" Or, or would you not, or, or players not worried about that kind of stuff? Is that just stuff that mostly gets talked about in the media and it's nonsense?
1: Yeah, listen. I mean, I you would hope that the players aren't worried about that stuff. Um, you know, it, the focus of the player is to go out there and play good football. And you know, listen, the quarterback's a unique situation because there's only one of them that plays. You know, but the rest of the team, you got to realize they're used to dealing with guys going down or guys getting switched in. Because a lot of the positions, I mean, look, linebackers have three, four guys that are rotating, you know, whatever it may be. Linemen are, it's the linemen are truly like a unit, you know, like there's always guys going down and having to come back and step up. So like they're able to, you know, so most players like. I just don't think they're focused on that kind of stuff. They're just focused on winning football games and playing good football. Um, So you you wouldn't think that that would have, um, you know, any real effect on most of the guys.
0: And your relationship in the quarterback room with the guys, was that good? Yeah. You know what? The quarterback rooms
1: are always a lot of fun. Uh, Like I said, I think they're probably a little bit of a unique situation because they're true. There is one of you playing and even when some guys are waiting in the wing or, you know, they're, they're they're in their first year or second year, listen, everybody wants to play. You know, there's always a little bit of pace of sure. that. Even the way I came in this year, you know, it's like you're walking into a room where everybody in there had played, had started football games. So they have to, you know, we all probably have to put our egos aside at some point. And even though we feel like we should be the ones playing, um, you know, I'm sure it wasn't easy for... PJ and Dorian to kind of watch me come in. And now all of a sudden I'm the one playing when, when they had been able to start games and have some success this year. Um, so once, a, so even with that room it, where, where the one guy is playing, like it, it, at the end of the day, guys do a really good job because we're where we spend so much time together. We have good relationships. So as much as we want to be the guy out there, um, we also have really good relationships with these guys. I mean, we spend a lot of time together and have a lot of laughs and stories and just you know grinding with football, all those things. So, you know, we want to see those guys go out there and be successful. Even if even if we still even if we feel like we're the guy and, and we could be the right. guy, you still want to see uh, your teammate and your friend go out there and, and play good football.
0: Do you think Deshaun could succeed in this system? I mean, he he obviously has most success playing more out of the shotgun in Houston and.
1: Yeah, for so, sure. You know, Listen, I mean,
0: but you think he can do it?
1: Yeah, for sure. Listen, any system has the ability to cater a little bit. You know what I mean? Like there's going to be sure. your foundation of stuff, but you're going to, you're, everybody has something that they do uniquely, you know, well to what, you know, you know, to them. And I think every system also has the ability to cater that, to cater to that a little bit. You know, it's not going to look exactly the same with him as it does with me. Um, but that doesn't mean that there's not room for, for that kind of stuff.
0: Last serious question, Joe, and then I want to end it. And I really appreciate your time with some, some fun questions. Uh, Are you surprised when you heard that the Browns had let a couple of offenses, uh, offensive coaches go, including OC Alex Van Pelt when the season ended? Yeah, I was.
1: Um, I think everybody was probably surprised. I mean, but you don't, you know, I haven't talked to those guys. and You never really know what the motivation is and Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, the, that stuff happens every year. You just hope that those guys go get a great opportunity for themselves so that they can continue to do what they love to do. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I didn't even realize it happened. I was talking to my dad on the phone and, and he mentioned it to me. Um, so I was definitely surprised, but like I said, you just, you never quite know what the motivation for those types of things are.
0: All right, Joe, some rapid fire, fun questions to end it. Okay. Okay. You ready? <laughs> uh, best pizza, South Jersey, North, North Jersey, New York city, or Connecticut. What do you got?
1: Wow. Um well listen, I love I'm partial to South Jersey pizza slash you know slash Philly pizza, but I have heard that Connecticut is like the king of pizza for sure. Uh up Allegedly. in New Haven up in New Haven. You know, <laughs> yeah. I, I I've been up in New Haven and I don't think I've actually had the pizza, but it was probably fifteen years ago. So I wish I actually tried it. Um but I, I've heard really good things about that.
0: All right, Coach Keeler said one more he said that you were uh before your senior year. he he, apparently you wanted to play baseball because you weren't sure you were going to be drafted. (laughs) (laughs) How good a baseball player would you have been?
1: uh, Probably not very good. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He loves telling that story and he loves adding that, like, you know, the context to it of like, Oh, I didn't, you know, no, I, it was one of those things I wanted to do coming out of high school. If I had the opportunity to, and I kind of ran it by him. He pretty yeah. much shot it down right away, and I, at that point, I didn't. At that point, I didn't really care. You know, I was yeah. probably happy that he shot it down because I really want to go out there and spend another four months traveling around doing this when I could have just done some spring ball and gotten ready for the right. season. So, uh, it's funny the context he puts it in. He just likes to juice the story up a little bit.
0: I, I get that. Coaches can get embarrassed. <laughs> All right, you're in a hot dog eating contest. It's a two-on-two hot dog eating contest. What current Cleveland Browns teammate would you pick to be your partner? Wow.
1: Oh, man. You know, uh, you, your first thought is one of the linemen. Uh, yeah. You know, those guys are used to eat you Joel. See- you know, you pick Joel or Wyatt. And, yeah. And, and but the only thing I'd say it.
0: to that the only thing I'd say to that, Joe, and do you watch the hot dog eating contest before July? What I was that's what I was Joey thinking. Those skinny You're, guys that win—it's never big not, guys. Yeah,
1: they're not the big guys. I, I agree with yeah. you. It's like that's my first thought, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I gotta throw Newsom in there and get one of these corners in there and see what happens.
0: <laughs> I think if now the second question, this is the most important. If you if you had to if you had to do tag team, uh, alligator wrestling, now oh I think maybe God. Wyatt Teller comes in for the alligator. <laughs>
1: Well, yeah. Uh <laughs> Virginia boy uh yeah. who's definitely into that stuff. I could see that.
0: <laughs> yeah. And um last thing when when you grew up were you I assume you were a Philly sports fan or did you root for any New York teams?
1: No, it's all it's all Philly sports. It's all Philly sports in this area. I I you know, I don't know if I necessarily you know, I don't think these guys were my favorite teams. I grew up like just idolizing different players, you know, as as, yeah. as, a, as a kid. So, um, I don't know if like the Eagles or the Phillies or the Flyers, the Sixers were necessarily favorite teams of mine. But that this area is, you know, is crazy Philadelphia fans. That's the, that's what we are here. So,
0: little fun fact: I called the first. I was doing play by play for the first professional home runs for Chase Utley and Ryan Howard in yeah. the minor
1: league. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a lot of fun. Uh, they're a lot of fun now. The the team is a yeah. lot of fun to watch now. I mean, we, I, I, I throw their games on all spring and summer, and we'll sit around the couch, you know, from the fifth inning on, and and watch them. And they're they're, you know, they're a really fun team to watch. We and obviously they've gone pretty far the last couple of years, so it's been exciting for you know my kids and and myself to to sit down and watch those games.
0: Last thing: Are you definitely going to play this year? I mean, do you de- or at least do you definitely want to play this. Year? Yeah, I can't yeah. Imagine my yeah. teams wouldn't want you to play after the way you played this.
1: Oh uh, no, for sure. I'm, I'm playing. No, like, like you said, as as long as I have the ability, the the chance to, I'm, I'm out there.
0: Joe, I, I took up so much of your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. It was great talking to you.
1: Thanks. Yeah, you got
0: it. It was awesome. You're in the bullpen with Adam the Bull. All right, we are back, and that was an amazing conversation with Joe Flacco. I hope you all enjoyed it as much as I did. I got a chance to speak to Joe off the air for about a minute or two. Couldn't have been a nicer guy. Uh, I had a lot of fun talking with him. Obviously, this guy still wants to play in the NFL, and the way he played for the Browns, he's going to get another opportunity. Speaking of opportunities, get extra value this football season with Bet Rivers Squares. Went up to $10,000 in bonus money, $10,000. Bet $10 in same-game parlays on any game with the Squares icon to earn a square. That's it for me today. We'll be doing the live podcast Thursday at 6. This is a regular thing. The Bullpen Live every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you join me for that. That's it for me for now. Thanks to Brian Monzo for producing. And again, thanks to Joe Flacco uh, for joining me. We'll talk to you next time. Where else? But right here in the bullpen with Adam, the bull brought to you by bet rivers. See ya. Thanks for listening to the bullpen with Adam, the bull on the bet rivers network.